This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Just reminiscing about the Zach Wilson era here on 98.7 ESPN. Jack, uh, there's actually almost, Larry, as many members of the Temptations as Rich Samini Jet quarterbacks. Yeah, it's a bunch of them. Yeah. It's a bunch of them. I didn't realize. You know what's funny about that, Gordon? At one time, you had the Temptations... The Temptations Review, and you had another group that was The Temptations. You had three of the same three groups doing the same Temptation songs with former members of The Temptations and current members of The Temptations. It was, uh, it was according wild. to Wikipedia, Rich Samini leads The Temptations thirty four twenty seven. Yeah, and counting, and counting, and counting. For both, it's for counting both. for Rich. It's counting for The Temptations. We don't <laughs> know right. when this is going to end. That's right. No question. Back to the phones we go. Jeff is in Spring Valley. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's going on, Larry? What's going on, Gordon? I appreciate the time. First and foremost, I want to wish you, Larry, and um, Gordon, and your families and friends a most happy and safe Thanksgiving and holiday season. Right back at you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, this is where things kind of fall apart because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. (laughs) This is my third time on. I appreciate the time again, and I just kind of wanted to get into this expectations for Friday, the first um, Black Friday game. Um, the Jets just made a change to what I believe is a lesser quarterback in, in, in Doyle, and I know that's saying a lot because Zach Wilson hasn't exactly wowed us to death, but I do believe that it's a digression going to, to Mr. Doyle here. Um, Boyle. It's, it's Boyle. Earlier. It's not Doyle. 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 With a B. Doyle. Oh, Boyle. Boyle. Yeah, okay, Boyle. Okay, Boyle. With a B. Okay, all right. Well, Tim Doyle is also better than Zach Wilson, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think the B works better because I think he's going to get boiled down there in Miami because, listen to this, there's a guy named Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb um, that's flying high right now in Vic Fangio's defense, and I just think the timing is horrible to make this change. Not to say that Zach Wilson wouldn't give them, you know, like they would have, you know, I would have bet my money on, on, on the Jets winning, um, beating Miami at home, but – it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a disaster. Um, come Friday, um, it sucks that it's the first Black Friday game. Um, but again, the Dolphins are playing very good on defense. It looks like the defense is starting to come on. They got some a really good pass rush. Of course, Jalen Ramsey's back. You got X over there. So Sauce Gardner and the other guys not gonna be the best corners on the field. It's gonna be Miami with their with that duo. And I just wanted to just kind of level set for all my New Yorkers. I got a bunch of New Yorkers. I'm a, I'm a, you know, my brother played football at Rutgers, so shout out to all the Rutgers players. But I got to keep it real. It's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be a, a, a track meet on Friday. And I just wanted to just lay Jeff, that, lay the ground. Jeff, there. thanks for the phone call. You just made Gordon very unhappy. No, this is the Jeff. <laughs> Walk softly and carry. Your- I think the Jets have a very good chance this week. <laughs> I think that the switch to Tim Boyle is going to provide uh, at least some boost in the offense. Defense is happy. I I think that everybody, and this is legit, I think that the Jets, when you saw the switch happen last year from Zach to Mike White, it was like guys were released from prison. It was like they were finally out of football jail. And there was an extra boost. There was an extra pep in their step. Now, they're going to need an extra pep in their step because it seems like the defense has started to leak a little bit. I would have preferred that the Jets stick with Zach for another week. Let the man cook. Right. Let Zach Wilson cook. Yes, let him cook. 
but that's not the case. So I'm, a, I'm always concerned about my team because I know how these things end. And there have been far worse Jet teams that have beat far better Dolphin teams over the years. So I will just leave it there. Mm-hmm. What's Bullets the in the Bronx. up to now? Bullets in the Bronx. Hey, Bullets, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, guys? In that first hour, you know, Papa Lodge called you. He said uh, he was tired of hearing about the Jets. <laughs> I think uh, got to play the hits. After Thanksgiving or Friday after Thanksgiving, for me, <laughs> you won't be hearing too much more about them. You know, I hear uh, you. this is it. This is their last lifeline. And I, and I, how could you be confident they're going to win this game? They don't score points. I mean, I don't right. care if it's Tim Boyle. I don't care if it's Popeye Doyle. I don't care who they put out. <laughs> Prince Connection action. Go ahead, Buddha. <laughs> little Gene Hackman acknowledgement. You know what? Listen, man. And then he was talking about the the, the NBA and the Sixers. You know, and, and I'll say this much. You know, it's obvious, Papa Lars, that the Sixers are not on the level with the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks. The only thing I'll say is, you know, late season health is always an issue of concern for them. But boy, did your boy last night the human ankle bracelet. Julius Randle, <laughs> he looked great. He looked great up against them Twin Towers. <laughs> the human sorry, I mean, ankle bracelet. <laughs> listen, it, 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 if, if, they, if they're going to make a move mid-season, I mean, at least I have a, a legitimate star. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, these ancillary pieces they keep adding, uh, you know, at some point they have to get somebody. they got to get him out of here, man. You, Knicks fans are so tired of this guy. I, I'm telling you, I hear it all the time. But, Buddha, who but, wants you know, him? Buddha, who yeah, wants know, Julius Randle? No, I know nobody wants him. I, I, I that's just, exactly. That's why he's still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, no, I mean, I, I mean, he could be here in body. Uh, at this times where he's here in body and not in spirit. But right. they have to change the hierarchy of order. He's got to be the number three uh, at yeah. best two guy between Brunson, number one, and, yep. and if R.J. Barrett you know, continues to, you know, develop at that rapid pace that he's developing at. But anyway, <laughs> listen, Gordon, you, you, you said Rogers' return seems like it's a little bit more about him than it is about the team. And all I have to say with that is L-O freaking L. You know, look, if, there's, if, there's, if you're going to rank from one to three, and one being the person who has the, 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 the first dial in line to Woody Johnson, we all know number one is Rogers. We all know number two is Joe Douglas because we all know Joe Douglas. Listen, I'm just trying to get with the winning team and keep my job. So if Rodgers is the winning team, I'm there with him. And you hear the little cracks and you hear Salah, you know, speaking out of frustration now. And we pretty much know where that's going. But, you know, the worst thing in the world was when Rodgers was on the McAfee antivirus customer service line. And then he said, you know, about the Zach Wilson benching, that somebody needs to be scapegoated. These are the fractures that I told you were going to happen, and you see them, and they're slowly and surely going to happen because they're not getting rid of Hackett. Because if they get nope. rid of Hackett, he's the safest you know, guy of the bunch. He's the safest one of the bunch, absolutely. Besides Rogers, I mean, Sal Sal is in trouble, and we all know that. And you know, my, my you know, I, I told you I shifted to the NBA maybe a few weeks ago because I, I saw all of this stuff coming. But I'll tell you what's been very interesting to me football-wise, and it really hasn't been the NFL. It's been college football. And this is one of the most interesting seasons in college football in a long time because right now you got with the Harbaugh and the Michigan drama, not only about, you know, them stealing signs and everything like that, 
is this the year where the Big Ten, you, you know, passes over the SEC with, with Michigan beating out Georgia if Michigan win that Ohio State game? But also, you got Nick Saban, now that he settled in on this kid Milrow, they're playing at a high level. So if they beat Georgia, you know, Saban is back in the mix for a, another title, you know, when rumors of his demise might have been a little premature. But the Heisman race, you, you know, you have USC, uh, you know, Caleb, Eddie Murphy, the golden child, uh, Williams, he's out of it. Uh, Drake May, the next Justin Herbert, he's out of it. But the guys who are left... Uh, not only they're, they're, they're great Heisman candidates, but they're all quarterbacks. You got Bo Nix, who I really don't love, you know, but he's played well. You know, he's been in college for about 20 years. You know, he's another Chris Winky 2.0. You got the kid Jaden Daniels in LSU. He's a true dual threat NFL star, you know, written. He has that written all over him. And he could get drafted probably like later in the first round because all these other guys got more hype. But then I sold, I sent y'all guys some clips, and I know y'all haven't watched these games, but you got to just one weekend. I, I know it's busy sometimes on the Saturday. You got to watch this kid, Penix Jr. I, I've been talking about him from the beginning of the season, and now the same way people are finally coming on board with, oh, shoot, Joe Douglas might have done a bad job here. They're coming on board looking at this kid, Penix Jr. Because, look, inside the pocket, Outside of the pocket, he is an absolute playmaker. The best throw of the football in college in years. But the thing that I love about him is he runs pro concepts in his offense. He reads defenses. And out of all of those other guys I mentioned, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, even Jaden Daniels, of all of those guys, they all can make great throws into tight windows. This kid is what you're looking for in the NFL. He throws guys open, and he makes all the big plays, not just in the beginning of the game, not in the second quarter, when you need it. The money throw, the money read, the money play, he's got you-know-what in his pants. And I'm telling you guys something, you're going to look back in a few years, and you're going to be like, yo, damn, Buddha didn't know what he was talking this kid is a stud. I, I, I want him so bad. You, you guys have no idea. He's, he's awesome. Man. What, what that, would that make you, because the Jets aren't going to take him. I wonder, would that make you, if the Giants took Penix, would you consider switching allegiances? Do you love him that much? I, I love him. I wouldn't switch allegiances. But, like, listen, I've, I've explained this to Unc before. Like, listen, I'm telling you something. Something about that 2-14 and 14 and, and just the whole way it played out, like, I, it really took me to a dark place as a Jets fan. That winning that stupid game against the Rams, mm-hmm. them, them putting Sam Donald out there with the shoulder. But, but you know, and it was so convenient and easy for a lot of the – I got to be honest. A lot of – some of the fans are numbskulls, you know, and they just go along with whatever the media tells them. Oh, my God, Adam Gase was so bad. Yeah, he was bad. But is Rob Sala any better than him? The only difference between Rob Sala and him is Rob Sala's a nicer guy. Uh, Both of their press conferences are horrible for different reasons. Rob Sala doesn't know when to stop talking. Adam Gase never said nothing. 
And Joe Douglas, I, I swear, I ne- first of all, when they gave him a six-year deal, I said, here we go. I've never heard of a GM getting a six-year deal. We're in year five. They don't have an offensive line. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a direction. But it took me, like I said, it took me to such a dark place as a fan. Like my wife, she pulled me up. She said, why are you doing this to yourself? She said, you know what these dudes is about. And when I had to look at it, look at me, forget about look at the Jets. When I had to look at me from the outside looking in, come on. I got a bad owner who is progressively getting worse and wanting more input on this guy has All right, never Buddha. touched a Buddha. Buddha. <laughs> 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 Buddha's got a lot of pent up frustration. Yeah, yeah. Though I, I will say this to Buddha, I, I have not watched Michael Penix game either. in, game out. I, I've done no. a little bit. You know, I've watched video. I've watched. You know, read things about him. The one big negative about him: injuries. Got yeah. a lot of injuries. Yep, that that's been the thing. And by by the way, Buddha, I did see the clip that you sent. He he, when oh, yeah. he's on the field, he's he's talented. Mm-hmm. You can see it. He's got talent. He's got talent, but. Sometimes when you're injured in college, it follows you to the big, club, the big league, mm-hmm. the big leagues. We'll come back talk a little Knicks next on 98.7 ESPN. He's got you-know-what in his pants. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Well, obviously, there's no longer Obi Toppin there. Now Dante DiVincenzo is with the team who, as I continue to watch him, seems to me that he's fitting in nicely, adds some additional perimeter shooting and some perimeter defense to the group. It's hard to tell. I do think they're solidly a playoff team again this year. They're not a playing group by any stretch of the imagination. Do I see them, you know, sitting in that three, four, five area. That's kind of what I see with this group thus far. They're going to go further with this group. I think someone has to, out of that group of names we just mentioned, has to even ratchet their play up even that much more. That's Scott Perry. He was on the Michael K Show, the former general manager of the New York Knicks. And Gordon, he was asked, what's the ceiling for this team? And, and it's an interesting question that we've been talking about. And I think part of it is the fact that they are I think the ceiling for this team, Gordon, is where they were last year. If, mm-hmm. if, if there's no other additions and no other moves made, the ceiling for this team is where they were last year, where they a couple of bounces here or there, they beat Miami and have a shot going into the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's, that's the best you can hope for. Oh, if they make the Eastern Conference Finals without making a major move of some kind, you'd sign for that right now. Yep, you would. To me, the question is, they're clearly not at the level of the Bucks or the Celtics or the Sixers. Can they be in that second group? The Heat, we, we kind of expect that they'll figure out something here along the way, and they've gotten off to a halfway decent start. The Pacers look pretty good so far. Uh, the Magic have gotten off to a decent start, but I think the Knicks should be – Cavaliers, are, I think, they're right there with the Knicks, 8-6 mm-hmm. on the season. So um, th- that's the teams that you're talking about in that, in that middle section. To me – you got to be in the playoffs, not just the play-in. Play-in would be a step back and a disappointment. But if they make the playoffs and they get into a playoff series, and certainly if they get into the second round again, I, I think that that's a win. Yeah, I agree. There's no question about it. And and that's that's what they should be striving for, Gordon. And the question becomes, and, and you know, we, we've had this conversation before, and, you know, we, we pick on Julius Randle a lot. And we do because, you know, and you see he's he's <laughs> – 
He's trying to be a guy that moves the basketball sometimes. He's trying to be a guy. We know what he does point-wise. We know what he does uh, uh, rebound-wise, and he's a solid player. The problem for him is you're always judged by what you do in the postseason. And last year, okay, you know, I guess we give him an incomplete because he was clearly hurt. Mm-hmm. All right, but he, he's got to improve in this postseason situation, Gordon. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Brunson uh, to be that guy that's going to take up the most of that slack. Yeah, and, and the question for me is, is you know, some of these assets, I don't know if they're going to be able to actually cash in on these assets that they've had lined up. The, the picks that they have this year have such lottery protections in them that at least a couple of them don't look like that they will cash. Like you're not going to get the Pistons pick because I think right. it's like top 18 protected and the Pistons have two wins in yeah. 15 games. So you're not getting that pick. Uh, I don't know what the other picks are, but are they going to these, – these assets that they've compiled, they have a shelf life. Like mm-hmm. you could, you're not going to go into the draft next year with a whole bunch of draft picks expected to take players that are going to – you're kind of a win now kind of to not fully win now. You're still kind of building, but are, when are you going to take these assets that you've compiled and make that big move? That's the question surrounding the Knicks. Yeah. And what can they, when are they going to do it? And what is the centerpiece mm-hmm. for those, for those moves? Is it Evan Fournier who's still sitting on the bench? Well, I shouldn't say he's still sitting on the bench. What I say he played and got hurt. I, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, you're still waiting to see what you're going to do with him. Uh, so th- there's, th- there's, some, there's some pieces that you've got here, but Gordon, the problem is in a, the problem is for them, the pieces work for them, mm-hmm. right? They don't work for other people, right? They, they work for them. They right. built this team around with, you know, some depth and some youth and everything, and they've got the, the picks, like you said. But, you know, until you find somebody – that's ready for a centerpiece with those picks to surround them, uh, they, they're going to be in a tough position to try to be able to improve this ball club you know, at the trade deadline. And I would wonder, we always talk about trades and the, the, the draft picks will be in there and some package of, of players and, and picks. Yeah. I would think that Randall is, is, is the least appealing mm-hmm. of the players you're talking about. Like yeah. I would think that more teams would be interested in R.J. Barrett uh-huh. and, and still his progression moving forward than Randall. I think uh, certainly uh, Emmanuel Quickly would be more appealing than, than Randall. So how does – if you make that big trade and Randall is still here, what is the piece that you're going out and getting that is going to now supersede him – along with Brunson, and, and how is he going to take to being that third option if he's no longer the main guy? It's it's tricky. It is, especially if you don't think you're going to be able to sign quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if you don't think you're going to be able to sign him, then, and the way he's playing, he's making himself, Yo. you know, very yes. eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, that's the move you're going to make. You're going to have to give – and listen, you know, there's uh, – you got to give up to get. Yes. This is not. I know a lot of fans love the trades. Where well, I'm giving, I'm giving you, you know, uh, Sims and Fournier. Mm-hmm. And Fournier. McBride we'll give you Fournier. And, we'll give you Jacob Toppin. Yep. You know, you know McBride, and you know maybe Sims in there again. Absolutely. Right. And we want Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Can we make that happen? 
Uh, all right, we'll throw in the cross. Stick. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, do we have to? Uh, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll give you somebody else. But, you know, it's interesting. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. So going before the break, we were talking about what the Knicks can do. What, what are some of the things they can do to try to improve this team where you have to, you know, try to use these picks because soon they're going to be really worthless to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Scott Perry, once again, was on the Michael K Show, the former GM of the Knicks, and he was asked, well, how can the Knicks improve? I think they need a player that can create some more offense off the dribble for himself and for his teammates, some size and some defensive versatility. And to me, that may allow you to maybe even push a guy like R.J. Barrett down to the two-guard position where he is big every night against his opponents. And, you know, as you move further in the season, and especially when you get to the playoffs, it becomes such a matchup game. And so it allows the team, to me, looking for a player that will allow them to play a little bit bigger but not sacrificing any athleticism when teams do decide to go small. That size and length does matter, especially when you get to playoffs. And I think it could also be very helpful to a guy like David Brunson, too, that now you've got bigger people at the two and the three to go with Julius and Mitchell Robinson. Then you can see what you have. I think that that's what the next step, whoever they add, and I would caution all New York, because you've got to be patient to see how that works and see whatever trade that may be, where does that take the mix? Does it take them slightly upward, or does it take them a large degree upward? I mean, that, that's going to be the question for whoever they go after. But um... You know, if they make that move from what Scott Perry is talking about, Gordon, that means that uh, there's a different person at the guard spot, and I don't know if... Uh, Tom Thibodeau is going to like that because he loves Quentin Grimes at that two spot, mostly for because he can shoot the three, yes, but mostly mm-hmm. because of his defensive abilities Defense, and right. his footwork. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always said that for me, I just feel like, yes, his foot, you're penalizing him because, yes, he has good footwork and he's pretty good defensively but when he plays taller people he gets worn down and then you ask him to shoot threes and he's got no legs late in the game and much like Scott Perry that's one much like Scott Perry too Gordon too they're a little small now and last night was the perfect example of that and I get that you don't run into that situation very often I get it but I mean you know you had (laughs) you had Josh Hart on Gobert (laughs) you had Josh Hart on towns, you had Josh Hart on some of their bigs, and you know that's not going to work. And especially in the postseason, those matchups are not good. So they need to find somebody that you know another player that can give them, as Scott Perry said, that athleticism and that size. And we know the one person that would do that, but they're feuding with the Raptors right now. But they have to find that person that can do that for them. And yeah, what Perry says, it does move RJ to the two which maybe would be better for him. Yeah. Um, would Brandon Ingram do anything for you? Um, I'm just trying to think of small yeah, forwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he would. He would. Uh, defensively, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, he is a guy that can create for himself. There's no question about it. He's got length. He's got size. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got range. So somebody like that would, would, would be interesting to me. Yeah. 
Ananobi would be one that's oh, been ideal. mentioned before, right? But mm-hmm. now with those two sides feuding, yeah, I don't know how uh, how quickly that one's going to get picked no, up. It's hard to find that right piece. You're right. The good thing is, is that because they're having this success, they they're they're it's not pressing at the moment. Like this is not a moment where they're going to have to say, "Hey, we got to make a trade to get this pointed in the right direction." It's already kind of pointed in the right direction. So mm-hmm. at least they have that going for them. And of course, you know, uh, Spike is on your bandwagon because Spike reached out to me and said he he would love Kawhi Leonard as well. Now you mentioned Kawhi Leonard. About yeah, I'm just ago. trying to think of names, right? Because mm-hmm. you're thinking about what would fit, and and the Clippers. It seems like I, I haven't checked tonight, but uh, or, or the last couple of days, it seems like things have kind of stabilized there. Some they're not losing mm-hmm. every single game, but you know, I I think in my mind's eye is that you're you're looking for the disgruntled superstar. So what? Yep. How would they become disgruntled? They're watching a team that's kind of self-destructing, and uh, it, it seems like there's a high possibility of that happening with those personalities out in L.A. with the Clippers. And Scott Perry was asked, "What do you have to look for in a trade with a disgruntled star?" When you're trading for a player, you got to always remember this. Two important things that are at the forefront of that, that are coming with that player that you're trading for. One is the obvious, okay, we're talking about the player's skill set and his basketball ability. Does that fit your current team? But secondly, and not mutually exclusive by any means, is the person. And does that person, is his personality, is that going to fit with your group and your organization? And that is, to me, the key, and that is the signing factor. So I hate to look at just like every disgruntled situation and weigh them equally. A lot will be determined upon who that guy is, how he got to that point of being disgruntled, and if it was kind of a you know one-off situation for him or that player is constantly unhappy where he's been, I would be definitely worried for someone like that. But if it's just a, a one-time, first-time thing and his character has checked out, Robert Severe, then that may be the one you look to proceed with some caution for it and hoping that a change of scenery that guy can fit and be productive uh, for your team. Now, see, that's interesting, Gordon, because would you say that Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard would fit that role of a disgruntled superstar? If, if things go sideways with the Clippers. In a sense, because mm-hmm. he's a guy that you know, when he's not available, he's not in the rush to get back. No, no. He he's yeah. definitely he is a superstar in not just in terms of talent, but he he kind of runs the show as well. Like, yeah, I'll tell you when I'm ready to play, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's really why they've made the moves that they made out with the Clippers, because, you know, they figure it's the same as I mentioned, it's the same thing that cl- cl- put your hands over your ears, Joe Leo. It's the same thing that what that's the reason they brought Harden to the Nets. Because they knew that Kyrie Irving was going to have time off mm-hmm. because he always does, whether mm-hmm. injury or whatever. And you had a scenario where they didn't want to leave Kevin Durant by himself. So they brought in, you know, uh, the beard to mm-hmm. make sure that you had some, some scoring backup. And that's really what they did with the, you know, with, with, with the Clippers. Okay. Because you've got a scenario where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have taken a lot of time off. I mean, Kawhi Leonard has been gone for seasons. So yeah, he does. I mean, you're not getting like it, everybody that gets mentioned with the Knicks. It seems like has a, a fatal flaw. Yeah, uh, Zion has the the injuries, and and it's not to that degree, but it's not far off. No, and no. he's older. He's he what thirty one, thirty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He is. He is. Is he um, a CAA guy? I think I'm he not, is a CAA guy. I think, I think he, he was is. a CAA guy. Or maybe he, I'm not sure. These guys move from their agents so so quick. You know, when, mm-hmm. the, when, when the contracts go and the money comes, they'll, whew, they'll switch. Mm-hmm. They will switch on an agent in a minute. So I am curious. Now, the Knicks are facing Miami this week, uh, on Friday, when they have their next tournament game. And Miami's been on the roll lately, Gordon. They put together a five, six-game winning streak, so they've been playing very well. Uh, so this is going to be a good test for the Knicks again because this is a team, physical team, team that plays really good defense, team that's well-coached, very rarely beats themselves, and, you know, you've got extra shooters. And once again, the Knicks, the, the, bench, play, the bench rebounds well, I just get concerned when you have extra length that you're putting the pressure on that bench. And I'd like to see them. I I haven't seen them give me, and listen, the, the shocking thing is the Knicks have been hitting threes. Like last night was the first time they did Right, yeah, they were really cold last They've night. They've been really hitting right. threes at a remarkable Absolutely. pace. That's got me shaking my head because when is that going to stop? But the other thing is, you know, the bench is not giving me the the scoring Gordon from everybody that I'm looking for. Like I'll get 20 something from quickly and I might get 10 from Hart and eight from Vincenzo. Then I'll get 25 from Vincenzo, Vincenzo, but I'll only get maybe eight from quickly that night and maybe six from Hart. So I'm looking for, yeah, if I can, I'm looking for, yeah, a little balance off that bench. Right. Yeah, because what that does is it keeps some people off the floor from the starters. <clears throat> I just look. Kawhi Leonard is with Impact Sports Management, so oh, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was a CAA guy. I think he left was. CAA. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he was. It feels like if you are trying to identify who the Knicks will eventually land, that's the first place you look. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But once again. Gordon, and, and when you hear me say this as a Knicks fan, you're probably saying, the listeners are like, well, you have such a low ceiling for the Knicks. No, no, no. I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Because, as Gordon mentioned, they averaged oh in the 20s. Oh, my God. When, when, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm, enjoy- I'm, I'm going along for the ride. I want to see how far this goes. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a little different. Gordon, it's a little different tact than I'm using this. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to enjoy the, the 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 journey for a change. Yeah. All right. I got a list of CAA clients. You want them now? Or you yeah. want them later? Uh, I tell you what. We'll step away. We'll come back and get your list. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. But right uh-huh. now, I want I want to take you down memory lane. Okay. Okay. It was November of last year. Hmm. Let, let, let me get. Let me set the music. Let me get the music right. Let me set it up for you. Listen to this. It's tough, man, and it's never fun. But you know, the first thing kind of went to my mind is I got to get to work. I gotta, you know, I gotta get better, and I'm gonna approach that every single day. To just keep working to get better. Were you surprised? I wouldn't say necessarily surprised because I haven't been doing my job. Gordon, you remember that? Now let's listen to that same person today say virtually the same thing. Yeah, I thought that that was from today. Not surprised, no. you know, either way. I mean, like I said to you guys, you know, when, when you're not scoring touchdowns consistently. And, uh... 
Zachariah Wilson. I would have I would have bet money that that was from today. It was almost word for word the same thing. Yep, that's right. That's it. That's it. History repeats itself, Gordon Damer. That is the ultimate taking the milk out of the fridge, realizing it's sour, putting it back in the fridge, and hoping it's fresh tomorrow, Larry. I mean, that is the ultimate oh. case of that. Oh. And listen, by November, that was the second time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the second time, right? Because remember, he was bent twice last year. Uh-huh. That is my kids who take, they'll go into the cabinet with the snacks and uh-huh. they'll finish the snacks and they'll leave the container that had the snacks in it. They'll put it back in there yeah, as if it's going to refill itself. <laughs> That's the Jets handling of Zach Wilson. No question about it. No question about it. Amazing. Jim's in Long Island. Jim, talk to us. Yeah. I mean, you guys said it. Um, you know, the New York Jets handling of um, Zach Wilson, because, um, uh, you know, since 2011, there's only been one quarterback who's drafted in the first round who's made it to the Super Bowl, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And only 11 quarterbacks, 34, about 34% of the quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 2011 are with the team that drafted them, or they're out of the league. So the idea of getting a quarterback, it's a crapshoot. I mean, Zach Wilson was one of many quarterbacks who've been drafted in the first round and didn't work out. And so that's that's not on him. He just wasn't a guy um, who couldn't work it out. It, it's all on the Jets, all on the Jets' management. It has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers coming here. And, you know, they pursued him. Nah, I don't know. That's uh, true. With, uh, if I'll Aaron Rodgers you know, weren't here, Zach Wilson would not be here. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I I'll say this, that. Jim. It's not all on the Jets. A large part of it's on the Jets. Yeah, but, it, you know, as a professional athlete, you are owed the ability to try to improve yourself, Gordon. I mean, there's mm-hmm. things that you have to work on to improve. And he's done some things, but not to the level that you would expect from a three-year guy. No. Not to this level. Not no. the quarterback spot. I mean, not. It's just not. No. There's been no improvement. It's been consistent, no. really. No, nothing consistent. He's shown like, like you took but... that cut and you played the same cut and I couldn't tell yeah. the difference. You could take, without knowing the schedule, you could take games from, from season one and, and flip them with season three and they'd look virtually identical. Virtually. All right, here's the list of the CAA yes. guys. Talk to me. All right, so there's two that even in my imaginative mind cannot mm-hmm. figure out a scenario where they would be able to shake free. But of course you would move heaven and earth to get either of these guys. One right. would be Devin Booker oh. and the other would be Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, so let's cross them off Should the list. Halliburton, Halliburton doesn't really work. Point guard. Okay. Fair. Um, of the guys that you could at least draw up a scenario. Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is not going to come as a surprise to anybody. Cause all these guys have been mentioned before Paul right. George, right? Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson. Spin the wheel, Larry. I give you one of those guys, and it's got to be one of those four. Give give them to me again. Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson. I would probably go with Paul George. Really? Yeah. I I think I'd go go with with Donovan Mitchell. I, I would probably go with Paul George because I, I want somebody in the forecourt. You know what I'm yeah. saying, Gordon? I, I want can hear somebody you. I in, hear you. in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, Towns is, is tempting. Oh, the, the money, the money. He's, yeah, he's making so much money forever. Yeah. I don't think he's a difference maker. He's tempting. And, and Zion is very tempting. But I Oh, just of course. I, I just don't know. You told me he'd play 60 games or 55 games I'd in the playoffs? i sign up for that right now. Oh, absolutely. Of course. I'd sign up for that right now. 
Uh, a couple of folks hit us up on X, formerly Twitter, at Tenor1866. Nick should trade for at Raptor604. What do you think? At Raptor604 is Pascal Siakam. So um, at Tenor1866, Knicks and Raptors, eh, I, I don't think that they're – unfortunately, Nick's got a couple of those teams. I don't think the Mavericks are rushing him to return no, any phone calls. No. I don't think So no Luca uh, for you. No Luca no for anybody. No Luca for you. <laughs> no, unfortunately. I don't think it was going to happen anyway, but, yeah, it doesn't seem likely. And Budaway then. Oh, Okay. He said Ingram would be great, but the Pelicans would rather trade Studmuff and Williamson. You can definitely get Paul George for quickly RJ and the first rounder. They're not giving you Kawhi. So I mean, I you know, I I don't know how much better Paul George makes them. I know, I know. not exactly a playoff I performer. Know. But of those four, Paul see. George and could you imagine Paul George and 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 Randall in a playoff series together? Yeah. Well, thank God we got Brunson. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Brunson and RJ. Thank God we got Brunson and RJ. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 going to be interesting. And and you know maybe that's the issue that Leon Rose is coming up with, Gordon. That he's you know what he's trying to get. People are not really. It's not what he really feels his team needs. That's possible. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, him. you know, we throw around that term superstar. The NBA, where talent is king, yeah. you realize when you really dive into it, there's not that many of those guys. There's some stars. Not a lot there's of some stars. stars. Yeah, there's some stars. Not a lot of superstars. No. All right, my friend. So tomorrow we move out the way. Anita Marks has got a special weekend wager for Thanksgiving Day. So we will mm-hmm. join you once again on Friday after Friday. Don and Greg. Dan and Greg. I keep doing that. Dan and Greg handle the fifth quarter show. So, Gordon, to you and your family, happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, Larry. And I'll see you on Friday. Sounds good. All right. Harvey Joe, to you and your family, have a great Thanksgiving as well. And to all our listeners, we thank you for joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, ESPN New York tonight. Up next, the conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN New York.